In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Buddy, how's your day going so far? You living the dream out there? Are you doing whatever you can? Are you living on the edge of what is possible? Are you looking around trying to find out, trying to find a way to make the people around you better? Isn't that a good recipe for success? If you can make everyone around you better, more successful, then aren't you in fact making yourself successful? That's one I try to keep in my mind. I'm not always successful at making people around me successful. However, I entertain that thought. I try to do it. I think it's a good recipe. I think it is something that you can find helpful in your life. Additionally, I think if you are to do that, people will find you helpful, want to be around you. Which leads me to the point I was thinking about today, my thought of the day, my idea, maybe of the week. This could be my thought of the week. Let me know what you think. First off, in order to set this up, let us think about our economic system. Are you thinking about it? Good. Now think about language. Okay? Now think about the merging of the two. Are you doing it right now? Okay. Are your eyes closed? Neither are mine. Think about capitalism. Capitalism, competition, Wall Street, money. It seems to me that the focus of our economy right now is a digital economy. The focus of our economy is into artificial intelligence. We believe the future 
of our world lies in robotics, in digital communication, and that these technologies are going to fundamentally radically change society forever. In fact, there's a race according to well I am clearly not an authority on the source but it seems to me that there is a race between China and the United States for technological superiority the race to AI Google Ray Kurzweil all these new technologies just competing to get there first and the money being poured into this industry and getting behind different agencies to win the race is staggering the pace at which we are moving forward into this digital fu digital future is also staggering in fact the pace is so rapid we're leaving most people behind And there's people that do not want to look back. Oh well, we left those people behind. Adios, amigos. You can't stand the heat? Get out of the kitchen. No mas, Bert. <laughs> no. no mas, Roberto Duran. I almost said no mas burrito. And that's crazy. Because I definitely want more burritos. But you understand what I'm saying, right? The pace at which we are advancing leaves behind not only people in our country, but the majority of the third world country. What do we do? There seems to be no slowing down. There seems to be no taking a break. In fact, if you listen to the pundits, if you listen to the money, if you look at the critical infrastructure for the future, It is the only path forward, according to our financial system. Unlimited growth. Quicker, faster, stronger. We got to get there. Hurry. We got to get there now. Hurry up. I want to argue that this very technology that we're pursuing is changing our language. The financial system that we currently are under goes hand in hand with this particular technology, goes hand in hand with our language. And it started with McLuhan and the printing press. Now we have the internet. And it's just like this quickening, this incredible pace at which everyone is being forced to run. You could say that's evolution. You could say, well, look, the slow we're going to get caught. They're going to be the goo under your shoe. And that's just how it is. It seems maybe maybe it's the turn of the century. You know, maybe it was the Mayan calendar 2012. Maybe it's something we are unable to understand, but we are at the corner of revolution and transition. 
and we can't see around that corner. But everyone has this sense of, oh shit, something's about to happen. I'm hopeful that we're going to turn this corner and things are going to be more visible. You know, I feel like we're just in this race car and we're just flying down this road and we're going to have to make this 90 degree turn in a minute. And like, we know we have to. However, we're too silly. We're like, we're no, we don't want to slow down. It's like, hey, we got to turn up here. Okay, I'm just going to pull the e-brake and we're going we're gonna to slide into this turn. I don't know, maybe shouldn't we slow down and take a little look? People are like, nope, we ain't slowing down. We're just going to we're just going to gun it. We're going to steer into the skid, man. I think if we continue the path we're on with this f- particular form of capitalism turning into state capitalism, which is the Chinese model, it's just going to lead to incredible chaos and I I don't see how this doesn't lead to a world war if we continue down this path so because of my love for the world and my love for you and my love to have a podcast I thought I would throw out this idea of looking at a new economic model in a biological way Right? We've been looking at it like in this mechanistic, futuristic, silicon, artificial way. And we, it's gotten us far. We've explored so many new technologies. We've explored so much, so rapidly. However, you can see where this road goes. Maybe this road is inevitable. But I think we could at least take the long way around maybe or a more scenic path or maybe a route that kind of comes close to the edge but not it doesn't take us over and that road is a more biological economic system when we focus on biology when we focus on seeing the world as a part of us it changes the way we feel about extracting resources. Does that kind of make sense? Like if we just have unlimited competition, then we ultimately throw away our values. If it's only unlimited competition, if it's only the survival of the fittest, then there's never any real working together. Does that kind of make sense? The only reason, do you think the only reason people work together is to benefit their own personal goals? It might be. Are we truly capable of cooperation? I don't know. I'm not sure that I would like to believe we are. However, I don't know. It seems to me that we're so far splintered right now because of competition. Because of our philosophy on life 
of having more. We need more. We need a little bit more. Can I have some more? Hey, who wants more? I want more. What about that guy that doesn't have any? Fuck that guy. He's lazy. I think we have a real opportunity right here. I think if we could get our shit together, like we have an opportunity right now with COVID and this whole election nonsense. Like we have an opportunity to be living in a new renaissance. We could be artists and philosophers and sculptors and mathematicians and we could create a world of unlimited beauty. We could create that now in this in this time of momentary chaos. In this time where everyone is somehow just stopped and looking around. Now is the time for us to begin our move in a new direction. If we're all sitting around taking a break right now, it's a good time to start chit-chatting, making, maybe asking some questions. I think right now the common person has the opportunity to add to the conversation. But instead we're fighting amongst ourselves rather than fighting arm in arm against the problems. I think we're going to be up against some really difficult questions in the future. And by future, I mean the next few years. I believe that this whole COVID idea is a contrived notion to reset the system. And there and right now we're having conversations about resetting the system. There's a fascinating article on critical race theory right now. And it's a Look, it's not for the faint at heart. It's a real issue that has real solutions and that if we choose to put our head in the sand and do nothing about it, well, you can kind of see where it's going to go. It doesn't take a whole lot of foresight to see where the plan is headed to. All it takes for a huge shitstorm is for good people to say nothing. And I know a lot of really intelligent, smart people that are going to self-censor themselves. They just don't want to say anything because they don't want to seem a certain way. But here's the thing, you know, what was that old quote from World War II? When they came for these people, I didn't say anything. When they came for these people, I didn't say anything. When they came for me, there was no one left to say anything. I don't know if it's some huge conspiracy where people are trying to promote their in-group preferences in order to divide the world or if that's just what happens when resources get thin. I know some guys that have been to prison and, and shoot, I know some of you knuckleheads out there. Right? When you end up going to jail, you're going to be immediately divided into your tribe whether you like it or not whether the weather be fine or whether the weather be not 
whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot. We'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. We can sit in here and pretend that we're all equal and, hey man, we're just, we're all equal. We're all exactly the same. Isn't it beautiful? Like what are these people talking about? No, we're not. None of us are equal. We're exactly the same, only different. Some people are fat. Some people are tall. Some people are high. Some people are small. There's different levels of intelligence, whether it's emotional intelligence or, you know, IQs are different. Some people are naturally good with their hands. Some people are visual learners. Some people are audio learners. And guess what? Whether you like it or not, it breaks down by race. There are some races are better at this than other ones. And that's an issue that nobody wants to talk about. Hey, let's pretend that's not real. Hey, man, don't, don't talk about that. Well, if you don't talk about it, then you are going to get what we have now. I, you know, I, I don't believe that there is this huge group of white nationalist racist people. And I don't think there's a huge group of black nationalist people. I don't think either group hates the other group. I think that there's fringes, of course. Of course there's people on the far right and people on the far left. But this exhausted middle, I think it... I think that the majority of people are willing to look at other people as individuals and base them on the way they carry themselves. Right, The color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes when you are dealing with people on an individual level. But when you run and hide behind your group and you play identity politics, all white people are this. All black people are this. All Jews are this. Well, it doesn't take a whole lot of those people to run and hide behind their tribe before that. Tri now the tribe has a decision. Are we going to protect this guy that's out here running his fucking mouth? Or are we going to sit that guy down and be like, hey, you got to knock this shit off. Why are you out there running your mouth like that? Why don't you sit in here and shut up? Or go face those people because we ain't going to protect you. I often wonder, like, I heard this guy, you guys ever listen to Brett Weinstein? Like, that guy, I don't know what to think, man. Like, that guy is so fucking smart. He says so many things that are incredibly enlightening. But then he says other things. Maybe it's me I don't understand. Like, I heard him say the other day, like, I consider myself a radical. And I'm like, okay. So, like, what does that mean? Like, think about it from this perspective. So here's, here is Brett Weinstein, who teaches at Evergreen College. And he has devoted a large part of his life about teaching underprivileged people, minorities, and people who come from really low-income areas how to fight against oppressors. On one level, I get it, and I'm like, wow, that's, I think that's awesome. Like, you should, you're teaching the oppressed how to fight the oppressor. 
and that's admirable, right? I get it. Like that part I can get. And there's multiple, because I can see myself on both sides. I, I can go, okay, if I am oppressed, here is some, here is, you know, Sal Alinsky teaching me these tactics of how to move forward in a world where I'm being oppressed. And I can learn, like there's a lot of lessons I can learn there. I can learn that I do have power. Even when people are taking the power away from me, here's what I can do. And that process allows me to begin understanding the dynamics of a power relationship and the position of the oppressed oppressed person. I can also understand that as the oppressor, that what I'm doing is wrong. I, like, I can understand it from that level too. Like, you, As someone who has authority, to abuse that authority makes you a person who is not worthy of having authority. Does that make sense? Like, I can understand the profound learning experience that an oppressor could take away and that someone who's being oppressed can take away. What I don't understand is what is the profound learning experience for the radical? Like what is what is like what would Brett Weinstein get out of it? He is clearly from a tribe that I don't I don't know like it seems to me if we're going to have a conversation about race and you have a Jewish guy that's going to the black community and telling the black community and the minority community hey it's the white people that are horrible you get it these white people they don't understand man they're they're swimming in their whiteness Right? What was the joke? Did you guys see the debate between Jordan Peterson and, gosh darn, I can't think of this guy's name, Eric Dyson. And Eric Dyson tells a joke. They're talking about race. Obviously, Eric Dyson, who is a tremendous speaker and a tremendous intellect, is having a conversation or a debate with Jordan Peterson and his his debate style is much different than Peterson's. However, he drops this joke to kind of open the door to Jordan Peterson's inability to understand racism. And that joke is, there's these two young fish swimming in the ocean. And this they swim by this older fish. And the older fish says, hey boys, how's the water? And the two young fish look at the, uh, like the big fish and just kind of swim away and they're like, what's water? You see... They don't, the two young guys don't understand water because it's just abundant. It's all around them. They don't even understand what water is. So Eric Dyson says to Jordan Peterson, that's what whiteness is. Like you don't even understand your privilege because you're swimming in it. And so, you know, it's, it's a pretty good jump off and, I would urge everybody to go watch that debate. I think it's on Intelligence Squared. 
Jordan Peterson comes back with some really good rebuttals about, okay, what do you want to do about it then, Eric? What should we do? Should should I give you money? How? And Eric Dyson's like, yeah, you should give me all kinds of money. And he goes, okay, how much? Let's talk about your theory, Mr. Dyson. How much money should I give you? Do we, he's like, do we base it on how old I am, what percentage of white I am? And then that just shuts Eric Dyson up. He's got no answer. You know, he's got this great intro and he's got all these ad hominem attacks about whiteness and how unfair it is for him. And when he is given an opportunity to produce solutions, he's got fucking nothing. He, all he's got is a fucking blah, 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 blah. Listen to me. It's not fucking fair. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, how much should I pay you? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's talk about it. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about fucking solutions. They just want to bitch and complain. And if you think about it from that angle, like, yeah, you're right. I agree. It's fucking easier for me. Yeah, you're right. It's fucking easier for me. So how do I give you money? How much money should I give you? Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Why not? Because think about this argument. If it's easier for fucking a group of people, that means that that, those people are better adapted to that system. What does that mean? It means those people are going to be more successful in that system because they're better at that system. That is... When it comes down to a critical race theory, it's basically admitting that one race is inferior to the other. Like, think about that. That's where we're at right now. And that's why there's all this talk about, like, white supremacy and riots in the streets and Black Lives Matter and... You know they they cha- do you know that they changed the terminology for affirmative action like they they've changed the language around that they've changed it all like instead of it being that term now it's just called like opportunity and to me it's so fascinating to just hear the way people change the language. And they change the language so we'll think about it differently. Like, there's some real issues coming up, I think, right now with how we see each other. And not only is there changes to that, but there's changes that are going to forever facilitate how we educate our kids, how we see the world. And I think it's important that all voices be heard. I think it's important to have an adult conversation about this because it's not going to go away. Maybe that's maybe that's what Brett wants. Maybe that's what the radical gets out of it. Maybe the radical, the guy stirring the pot between the different races, he gets to be the guy who says, look, I had to go in here and get these guys to fight each other so they'd finally talk about it. Maybe that's what the radical gets out of it. 
Like when I like taking it back full circle, when I look at Brett and Eric Weinstein, like they they clearly don't talk about themselves being Jewish. Not at all. Like they don't want to talk about that. And I get it. Like they're probably afraid for another Holocaust. They probably have people in their tribe that are like, shut up, man. You're going to get us back in these goddamn, we're going to be fucking lamps again, man. Quit talking about this. This might be what landed them in hot water. This might be why there's anti-Semitism. This might be why a lot of people hate Jewish people. You know, I've been trying to read history. Like, I, I don't, I don't hate anybody. But I don't understand why we can't have adult conversations about race and why we can't have really intelligent people sit down and have a discussion about here's what we think about our race. Here's where we come from. Here's why we do this. Here's why we do this. Like I don't think that conversation has to end up and people punch each other in the face. I think there's a lot of incredibly intelligent, articulate people that could have even a humorous conversation about it. I think people are ready for that. And I think that if we don't have that, then we're going to have the other thing. And that's going to be a, an all-out war. Right? You can't just move people into positions because of the color of their skin or their gender or their sexual orientation. Hey, this guy's going to be in charge because he's a black hermaphrodite. Okay, but is he qualified? Of course he's qualified. He's a black hermaphrodite. Yeah, yeah, but does he have any experience in this particular field? What are you, racist? What do you hate, hermaphrodites? No, I just want to know if there's any, if the guy has experience in this field. You racist son of a bitch. Why would you bring that up? Well, I'm just bringing it up because I think it's critical to us moving forward. No, it's not. You're a racist. You see, that idea of being censored and unable to challenge people because of their skin color, their skin tone, their religious affiliations, or their sexual orientations... Like, that is a huge problem. And the people that are most outspoken should be able to back up their claims with facts instead of just racist, bigot, homophobe. Like, those aren't arguments. Those are ad hominem attacks. And... As I was looking at the electoral map, there may be, I'm also pretty sick of this, people up in their ivory towers talking about uneducated white people. There might be a lot of uneducated white people. But the fact it's so condescending for some white liberal to talk down to other white people. It's so condescending for people in positions of authority to speak down upon other people. And it seems to me that, that you have parts of the nation that are just, look at these uneducated redneck white people. 
Like, be careful what you, be careful with your language. Be careful what you are accusing people of. There's this thing called a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if you want to go out over the airwaves and just spew out this garbage because you think you're punching up about uneducated white people, you might feel the wrath of uneducated white people. Be careful what you wish for. You might get it. And just because someone is smart in one area, just because you're smart in the world of coding, doesn't mean you're smart in the world of anything else. I think we get that part confused. I know I do. Just because you're smart in one area, doesn't mean you're smart in other areas. And just because you found success on this little niche area over here, doesn't give you the right to infiltrate other areas and try to take them over because you don't know shit in those areas. And that's where we get in trouble. People start trying to cross over. And especially nowadays when power has been so concentrated at the top and the level of monetary gain in certain areas has allowed these technocratic billionaires to just, oh, you know what? I figured out how to write code to help computers be protected from viruses. Therefore, I can take over the entire health industry. Okay, first off, your software's not even that good because your computer gets fucking viruses all the time. So I, I just, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but I just got to try to get this out. What this does for me is this helps me organize my own thoughts. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more about critical race theory. And I think everybody should be thinking about that. Like, how do you think about race? What race are you? Why the fuck do they call it a race? Are we trying to, where are we, where is it a, it's a, wasn't it Bob Marley who said it's not a, you got a horse race, you got a dog race, you got the human race, which is a lot like the rat race. Can we just stop for a minute and reorganize and be like, the fuck are we racing towards, man? You want a piece of cheese that bad? Go get it then. Go take your piece of cheese, man. I don't want it. Maybe we could redefine the goal of the race. Maybe the goal of the race shouldn't be to compete with each other. Maybe the goal of the race should be for us to work together. Right? And that, this kind of brings me back to the very beginning of my conversation that the new economic model, the one in which we become philosophers and mathematicians and sculptors, that particular model needs to be rooted in bio, biology. I think we're running from the very thing that would free us. We don't want to talk about race. We don't want to talk about differences. But we want to ensure the equality of outcome for everybody. You can't. Look, I can't be black no matter how hard I try. A black person can't be white no matter how hard they try. We're not equal. And so, I think we need to take a good, long, hard look at that and just accept it. It doesn't mean one person's inferior or one person is greater. But to say we're not different is to close our eyes and put our head in the sand. 
Like, look at the way biology works. Aren't a great, aren't a great, a tidbit of a great conversation yesterday was this older gentleman. He was talking to this young guy, and he says, they were standing out in the forest, and he says, see that tree over there? That's you. Look at the way that tree is holding on to the earth. That's you. You are part of this earth. And it doesn't matter if you're a sycamore tree or a pine tree. You're part of this earth. But you, as that tree, thrive in different areas. Hey, I'm sorry you can't grow tomatoes in the snow. Why would you want to? Why would you want to? You see, we're so concerned with trying to import cultures from other areas into and transplant them into areas where the the climate isn't right for those cultures. I'm not saying some individual plants might not grow, but that's this this particular area isn't conducive to the growth of this particular plant. And you don't have to be a retard to see that. Maybe I'm a retard. Does that even make sense? You don't have to be a retard to see that? What does that even mean? You get what I'm saying, though? If I went to Japan and I didn't speak Japanese, I would not do well there. (laughs) Because I'm a 45-year-old guy and I don't speak Japanese and I don't understand the culture. So how could I possibly do well there? How could I possibly do as well as somebody that was born there and speaks Japanese? Like why do we why do we think we have to make it equal? It's not equal. It'll never be equal. Yep, it's fucking unfair. You're right. Anyways, how's that for today? Think about this, critical race theory. Look it up. Start thinking about your world. Start thinking about your life. And start thinking about what you can do today to better your life tomorrow. Because the world is changing forever. I love you guys. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that... I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, 
it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it. 